Welcome to Learning Through Math, the podcast. I'm Laura at I Teach the Why. I'm Karina at Mrs. Cousins 5. Our mission is to inspire ourselves and others to keep learning and improving with passion. And hugs. You can find us at learningthroughmath.com and on Twitter at Laura and Karina. Come and join us on this journey of learning. Thanks for joining us. We are recording this in February of 2022. And welcome to episode 70, Learning About Volume. First, we want to give a shout out to two of our book club members who tweeted something. Mary said, loved reflecting on how to help students make connections to what they are learning and being with other teachers who love teaching math. Tomorrow, I will write quote, process over answers on the wall at Laura and Karina, hashtag learning through math, hashtag writing on the classroom wall. I love that so much. Process over answers. Love that. So good. And Jen said, what a wonderful evening I had tonight discussing writing on the classroom wall by Steve Wyborny. Thanks, Laura and Karina, for facilitating this book club. It's not too late to join the group. We meet again on February 8th. Jen, thanks for being our PR people. (laughs) Yes, it's not too late. If you haven't joined yet, but you want to join, join. Join us in the conversation. Even if you don't have the book and you just want to dip your toe in the water and see what it's like if you've never been a part of a math book club. It's fun. We have a good time. So join the book club. You can check out our Google form for it. It's on Twitter, on our website, and in the show notes. And if you have any questions, just send us a DM. We'll be happy to help you out. All right, Karina, give us your reflection for this week. After last week's episode, episode 69, about learning about taking notes in class, I was thinking that it's not when you and I talk about these things, it's not that they're necessarily bad things to do. I I mean, taking notes is important for some things, right? Right. We we have notes for our podcast. Yes. Right. Right. To stay focused, to stay – there's purpose for, for things. I think what we try to do is just to rethink how we can improve and how we can make math instruction and math classrooms run better, right? I think that that's the point. So I don't want anyone to think that we're saying, don't do any notes. Notes are bad. Notes are not something that we should do in a classroom. I, I think there's a time and place for it. But what's more important is that reflection piece, especially on the teacher's behalf, asking is this really working in my classroom? Are the students benefiting from this practice? Because if they're not, don't keep doing it, right? Or tweak it in some way so that it does get better. Right. So basically what you're saying is you probably should consider killing the dead notes. Right. (laughs) I, I don't think it's working in classrooms. Right. We talked about this before. Do you think kids go back and look at their notes? What I want to know is, what about the notes for my future forgetful self? Have your students gone back and looked at those? Not really, because again, you know, our scope is so quick to Mm -hmm. just keep, keep going and keep moving that we don't really refer back a lot to, to our notes uh, of what they do have. But we're also always constantly reviewing, like in a conversation in our classroom. So it's, I don't know. No, I hear you. What I was thinking was, I think when the kids 
do the act of writing the notes to their future forgetful self, they're embedding it into their brain more than if I said, here's my notes, write them down. Yes. Yes. Again, just, it's a little bit, just that shift, that language shift and the, it shifts the responsibility also. It puts it on them as opposed to it being on me. Yep. All right. I'm going to share my good news from this week. You ready? I am. Okay. We had another parent night this past week and I was kind of voluntold, which fine, you know, to do a rotation with parents. I had one 30-minute block with third grade parents, one 30-minute block with fourth grade parents, and one 30-minute block with fifth grade parents. The first thing I did was go over helpful things to do with your kid at home when it comes to math. And I'll link that into the show notes because I totally downloaded it from the internet and I you know, gave them the the copies of it. But it was things like, ask your kid, how did you get this, right? Mm-hmm. Or explain your thinking right here. But I think one of the most important things that I said was, the very last part was, don't be afraid to leave the work. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Push it aside. Uh, I said, we are done with tears. We're not crying about math homework anymore, right? No. Yeah. No, that's not never helpful. Exactly. That's never helpful. And then I gave them a list of the math resources that I've been compiling over the years and I've been tweaking the list and everything, but things like websites that the kids can use, board yes. games, board games, board games that I yes. would recommend. And I said to each group, if there was one game I would pick, it would be trouble. And mm. it was so funny to try to hear the translators you know, translate. I'm like, it's the one where you go pop, you know? Right. <laughs> She's like, pop. I'm like, really? I could have said that myself. <laughs> pop pop doesn't really translate great. It's kind of pop in all languages, I think. Well, the, the translator and I had a ton of fun that night. I can tell That's you that. Fine. And also books for the parents to look at and websites for the parents to go mm. to, right? Yeah. Nice. But the best part, of course, was that I played a game. I taught them a game. And Mm -hmm. it was from my brand new Building Fact Fluency Kit for Multiplication and Division. Yay! And it was basically the game where you throw three dice, you choose two of them, you take them and put them in the little space at the top. So it becomes blank times two times blank. So you're basically multiplying three factors. You find your answer, your product, you put it on the spot, and you try to be the first person to get four in a row. Okay? Oh, oh, like there's an answer sheet that you're It kind of looks like a bingo board with different numbers in there. And so you're trying to get, you know, four in a row horizontally, vertically, or diagonally. And all the parents were so upset when my timer went off. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. We have to stop. (laughs) You have to do these reflections for me for Title I purposes. Thank you. (laughs) It's it's like the product game, right? Kind of the same thing. Kind of. Where they cross out the numbers. Yes. And and you know what? You remind me. I'm going to link the product game in our show notes too. Yeah, that's such a good one. NCTM. Yes. Yes. I also had some good news this week. Now that students have the experience of multiplying decimals and fractions, Mm -hmm. 
I always wait for this moment. We are reviewing multiplying decimals and yay, somebody put them re or renamed them as fractions. And I'm like, yes, yes, you can absolutely, if you're more comfortable with that and you see it better like that, write them as a fraction. Who cares, right? You'll, you can convert it back to a decimal at the end. But yes, absolutely. It's, it's, it's fractions too. So that was, I was really excited. Were they just doing it with the common fractions? Yeah. So it was just, it was just like five and eight tenths times 16 and nine tenths, right? Oh, it was okay. just like simple. Oh, right. Because it was in decimal form. So it would have been in yes, tenths. decimal okay. form. And so they rewrote them over, you know, as a fraction over 10. And then she was more comfortable making them into fractions greater than one and then multiplying them. Mm. And I'm like, that's fine. You can do it that way. You don't have to. You could multiply using area model and do the mixed number and just break it up into parts like this too. Uh, and she was like, no, I like to do it like this. All right. You do whatever you need to do, whatever makes sense to you and however it works. But it was, it just was like, yes, that's what we want. That's what the we connection. want. Connection. Yep. Exactly. And it was funny then in our conversation, because again, it's, it, I'm just doing, you know, like one or two questions of review every day. I've, I, that's what I always do. And one of them was, this was our problem, 48 times 53. And I told them, and you're like writing down some ideas. Is that what you're doing? I, I just wrote 48 so, times 53 so I could okay. follow your thought okay. process. So, I, I knew that they were going to do standard algorithm. Standard algor yeah, the standard yes. algorithm. And I said, you know, that's fine. And I said, in my learning, I've learned that mathematicians actually don't always do the standard algorithm. They find more efficient ways. And they kind of looked at me like, what, what? There's something that's more efficient? I'm like, oh my God, you guys, come on. <laughs> you should know me by now. It's, it's February. I said, there's, there's other ways. We could think of this as 50 times 53 and then subtract 106. And they're like, oh. <laughs> and then I said, or we could double and half. Mm -hmm. And then they looked at me like I had three heads because they were like, what, what do you mean doubling and having? So even though we have talked about it, it's something that is so out of their, I don't know. Lane. What it's out of their lane, right? Yes. So out of their lane that they did not follow me at all. So I said, all right, well, let's, let's try this. Let's have 48. We would get 24, 24. and then you double 53. So that's what, and the kids are like 106. I'm like, okay, you can multiply that. If you think that that's easier, you can multiply that. And they're like, wait, that's going to be the same answer. I'm like, yeah, let's keep going though. Right. So then we did 12, half 24 right? to 12 and then double 106. So we got 212. Mm -hmm. And then I said, that's okay too, but let's keep going. So half 12 and go to – although we did like 12 because you could do 10 and 2. Right. Right? That right. was a nice one. Right. But we went to 6 and then we got – 424. Yeah, times 6. And, and so then I was like, ooh, that's, that's really nice because – that's just a single number, right? One digit and you're just multiplying it. And so I said, so let's try this out. Some of you multiply this, the one with the six. Some of you multiply the one with the 12. Some of you multiply the one with the 24. And let's see. Right. And they were all like, it's the same answer. 
And wait, I just have to say, when you went to six, I was thinking, ooh, let's break that up into five and one. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> totally. And you could even do three and three, three and three. then double it, right? Yep. yep. Multiply by three and then double. Like I, there's so – the possibilities are endless. It's just they have to see it and they have to converse about it, talk about it. The conversations are what's important. There was also another – so another day, the next day – I had a decimal times a decimal, five and three tenths times four and seven tenths or something. And one of the girls, one of her questions was, "What? Could, yesterday you doubled in half. Can we double in half on this? And I said, yes. But now you're dealing with decimals. It might get a little trickier, right? That might not always be a great strategy, but of course you could do it. So we tried to half five and three tenths. So again, right? So that's not as messier, right? But I I said, you know, if you had five and six tenths, then that would be a little bit better. It's just easier because when we have three tenths and two and five tenths, and then you'd have that. So two and eight tenths, you know, and then we can think, well, that's fifty-six. What's half of fifty-six? Twenty-eight. So two and eight tenths. So again, it's just the conversation. But yay, making connections. I just want to go back to what you said where the kids were were totally blown away that it all came out to be the same answer. Mm-hmm. It's the same problem with addition. The kids yeah. don't have enough experiences to know that, guess what? Zero and 10 is 10 and one and nine is 10. And and we're just yes. putting things together, but we can be flexible and group them however we want to add them together. It's the yes. same exact problem. And it is a yes. problem because if we don't teach kids, we're just talking about all of these things and we're just making them into different groups of them. And whether we're adding them or we're multiplying them, you still will come up with the same total. It's just not, we're just going to put them all together and start counting all the way back at one. Yeah. So somehow we've got to get that word out, right? Yes. But that's a super duper important, that, that's probably one of the most important connections that need to be made in elementary school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's about that flexibility. Yeah. Right. Because if they don't see that, they won't be able to see other things, other connections. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's very important. So speaking of connections, we decided we were going to talk about volume for this episode because at my parent night rotation, the game that I used was three factors being multiplied. And I told you about it. Yeah. And I heard one of my teachers say something about, oh, we can make this connection with volume. Because there are three factors. Yeah. All right. Here we go. (laughs) One of my first thoughts was, have they built it? Yeah. Have they built the rectangular prism, the figure that you want them to have? Because if you're just giving naked numbers, two times two times two, great. How many, by the way, how many kids write six, right? Yes. Yeah. Especially when we write two to the third power, but yeah. them actually having that experience of building two connecting cubes for the quote length and two for the width and two for the height and actually counting how many cubes that there are and 
Remember when we were talking about this, you were saying, and I remember kids doing this too, they'll double count a cube because they think the side is different from this side, which is different from the top on the corners. All the time. And then, or they don't count it because they can't see it, right? right? They don't see. It's really hard, you know, when they're you're first exposed to looking at something being represented as a three-dimensional figure and it's on a two-dimensional surface, right? Yes. Either a whiteboard or a paper or a smart board, whatever the case may be. It's really hard to see it three-dimensionally. You have to see it right. You, you know, have to you have visual, to, be able to visualize yes, it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You have to, you almost like those ma- magic eye things where you, you know what I mean? You can see it um, in that way. Oh, yes, I, I can understand that there's a depth there to to that image. That's really hard. And if they've never touched it, looked at it, and compared it to this, those objects, they won't be able to get it. They really won't. They won't be able to see it. They'll always count the ones on the, on the side and on the, on the top because they just won't know. So Steve Whiteborny has created slides, Cube Conversations. And I, every year I, when I'm always like, oh, I should introduce these sooner because they're so good at, at helping kids see those cubes and those three-dimensional figures. Well, this year, as you know, I haven't been doing number talks as much as often, but still wanted to continue a number sense routine. So I added this. I actually started these way back in November, right? Like right around Thanksgiving. And here we are. I still have plenty to choose from. I'm doing like one or two a day. And thank you so much, Steve Wyborny, for, you know, creating these free resources that are out there and they are spectacular. It starts and he scaffolds them, which is really nice. So it starts with just like single layer, right? There's no, there's nothing on the back. It's just one cube depth. Right. If that makes sense. Yes. Okay. And then, and then he goes into twice as much. So now almost every single one is double, at least the ones I, I found, the slides that I found, because there's certain sets, right? He has yes. certain sets of different, different slides. So then it's twice as much. And now we've got some layers that have twice as much and some layers that don't. So some are just singles. So now they're seeing it. They're seeing it so much better. I, I, to be honest, haven't even built anything with them yet because their experiences have grown with just the pictures. They've done such a good job at understanding it and seeing it to the point that now we just had our diagnostics, which we do down here. And I was really looking forward because I, it has, we haven't gotten to the volume unit yet. I was really looking forward to how my kids would perform based, you know, compared to the other students in the same grade, but in the other classrooms who haven't done the cube conversations. And I mean, my kids rocked it, like rocked it. They were, I think on one question, it was 86% of them got it right where in other classrooms it was 30%, like crushed, crushed, (laughs) okay? So I haven't even taught them volume yet, but they are already – we haven't talked about what – we said unit cubed, but they didn't really get what I was saying, you know, unit cube, what the heck's a unit cube? They still don't know it. They've heard me say it. They've seen it on the cube conversations, but they they, they don't really get what that means yet. I'm excited for this unit because I feel like it's going to be – it's going to be great. Now we actually get to build it. We can actually – spend time building because I'm pretty confident that when they see it on paper, we're not going to have to, you know, go through so much depth of this is, this layer is something different. Okay. You know, I have to circle back to this information that you just said. Yes. When you met as a team, 
And the other teacher saw that your kids got 86% right uh, of your students got it correct. What did they say to you? Can you share that with us? (laughs) And I said, Guys, it's been in the it's been in our drive. It's it's been there since day one. It's always been there. I'm like, but yes, I will send it out again so that you guys can see it. But yeah, it's been it's not like I've been hiding it. It's been it's been in there for a long time. So hopefully, maybe next year they'll do it a little bit earlier, just like you know I did. We'll see. We'll see. I I truly love it. Okay, now I want to think about next year for you. Can you bring out the connecting cubes when you first start doing this and let them build it. And I want to see if your kids get, I don't know, maybe in the nineties or close to 100% correct on that question. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I, I absolutely could. Yeah. I think that would be amazing. I can't wait to see the data on the upcoming test. Yes. Yeah. I'm excited about that. And we haven't, and again, we haven't talked about all the other things that have to do with volume, right? We haven't talked about like those layers, how you can see volume isn't just length times, width times, height, right? It's also, it can also be the area of the bottom layer or even the side layer Mm -hmm. and then multiply it by how many. By another dimension. Right. By right? another dimension. Exactly. Okay. Twice you've said the word depth, which I am so happy yeah. you have because when you talk about how far back something goes, you don't say how wide it is. You say yeah. how deep it is. You do. Yes. Think about the TVs, right? And yes. I know you and I have talked about this before. They do length, which is how long it is, times yeah. the depth, how far back it goes, times the height which is obviously how high it is. So we have to make sure to make the connections for the kids that it's three dimensions. It's not, it doesn't have to be L times W times H. Correct. Right? It As long as you have something going this way, something going that way and something going up, right? Yes, exactly. And I like to talk about it as layers too because that's where I can bring in either buildings or like floors, you know, mm-hmm. or um, cakes, layers of cake, like sheets of cake, because then they can, again, they're just bringing that experience and they're just layering it like a cake. So I, that's what I, that's the language I like to use. Have you ever used the Petty Four one that Elise introduced us to? The Petty no. Four challenge? Oh, where I, that sounds vaguely rem- familiar, the, but I. It's the volume of 64 cubic, whatever, you know, units, centimeters, inches. And you want to have the kids figure out the least amount of cuts that it can take to get okay. the 64 pieces, the 64 petty fours. Okay. Uh, you know what, listeners, I'll try to find that slide yeah. and I'll link it to the show notes. Yeah. And when you talked about it being three dimensions, I, I think we don't spend enough time explaining that, right? And working around that. Length is one dimension, right? which is why when we measure something, let's say centimeters, it's in centimeters, right? When we have two dimensions we're adding a width. And so now if my unit is still centimeters, it's centimeters squared because I have two dimensions. And again, that's two dimensions. And we're using a one by one 
square where the length of one side is one centimeter and the length of the other side is one centimeter. So it's always square units. And I try to make sure that third and fourth grade teachers say that a lot because again, two dimensions. So that's when you have length times width, right? Yes. Yes. That's so important. Square units. And then when you add that third dimension, now you have not just area, right? Right. You have, which is length times width, length and width, two dimensions. Now you have a third dimension, a height. Then again, just like you said, with the square units, now we have cubed units, one centimeter, one centimeter, one centimeter. And of course, the same thing. Now we have three dimensions. It's it's centimeters cubed or centimeters with a three, right? Like again, right. It, it all comes back and it's talking about those patterns. It's talking about those connections. It's like, it's not a coincidence that we put a three there and it's three dimensions. It's not a coincidence that it's a cube and we're talking about cubes, right? All of that comes together. But if we don't give kids the opportunities to look for those connections, they won't make it. But if we don't think about those connections, we also won't provide students with those opportunities. That's right. Okay, listeners, your challenge for this week. Again, you have two of them. The first one is whatever you are teaching right now, figure out a way how to give the kids opportunities and experiences to build whatever they're learning, draw whatever they're learning, write whatever they're learning, think about whatever they're learning, and them talking about whatever they're learning. And our second challenge, join the book club. Join us, join us, join us, join us. Even if you're shy, just join us. You can keep your camera off, although maybe Laura will try to convince you to turn it on, but you can keep your camera off. Join us. Come and join the conversation. You can find our Google form on our Twitter page, on our website, and in the show notes. Thanks for joining us. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and give us a five-star review on your favorite podcasting platform. We invite you to join the conversation on Twitter by using the hashtag learningthroughmath. We'd love to hear your feedback. Make sure to tag us at Laura and Karina. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. To you too.